You're listening to Safer Travel Talk, the podcast to inform, inspire, and provide insight into the world of travel. In this episode of the podcast, Richard Stuttle catches up with travel blogger Poppy Kuroki. Poppy has lived in Japan for over six years and recently wrote a blog for Caroline's Rainbow Foundation with some great insights and advice on how to stay safe in Tokyo. So here we are. This is our fourth episode of Safer Travel Talk. And today we're talking to Poppy and Poppy lives in Japan. And Poppy and I have known... Hi, Poppy. Uh, We have known each other for a long time uh, when you used to do some volunteering for Caroline's Rainbow Foundation back at St. John's University. Um, Yeah, I think we met at your... um, You were having an open... You had a stall up and I came and said hi. And I bought a uh, rainbow badge and it was yeah. on my coat for years. <laughs> yes, I, I think I still have it somewhere. Oh, it was on my best pound I've ever spent. Yeah. <laughs> best coin I've ever spent. <laughs> so. so yeah, it's, uh, it was really lovely back then for you to, to do some work with us and, um, and promote travel safety and, and talk about travel. It's, uh, as you know, it's, uh, through the years, it's really important and really important for us as a charity. Um, so just say say hi to everybody, introduce yourself and what we're going to talk about today. Uh, hi everyone, uh, I'm Poppy. I live in Enoshima, which is about one hour outside of Tokyo. Um, I'm a full-time ghostwriter and editor. I also have my own blog and I love writing stories in my spare time and I like uh, playing video games as well a lot. So <laughs> I'm here to talk t- uh, today about Japan and how I ended up here and why it's a great place to visit and also some um, safety precautions you should be aware of if you decide to come. So Japan, Japan is, I don't know, I think um, it's never taken me as a, as a definitely somewhere I want to visit. What was, but not somewhere potentially I'd like to live. What was your, your draw there? What, do, what drew you to Japan in the first place? So most people, if you ask this question, they'll say that they visited when they were a child and liked it. Or they'll say that they were into like the pop culture side, like anime, manga, comics, stuff like that. For me, it was a little bit different. Um, My grandmother took my brother and I to Disneyland, Florida, the other side of the world from Japan. And um, they have a theme park called Epcot. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. um, (laughs) Maybe I should have. (laughs) It's one of their like Disney family uh, parks. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So in Epcot, they have lots of different themes of countries. So they had England where you could buy like English chocolate and they had Canada and they had France, Germany and China and Japan. And I don't know why, but I went into Japan and there was like cherry blossoms everywhere. And Fantastic. there were some people playing like taiko drums. And at that moment, I just turned to my brother and was like, Japan is so cool. And he was like, what, really? <laughs> and I, I don't know why. I was 13. I just turned 14 at that time. And when I went home, I said to my mom, like, oh, I really like Japan now. And she was like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then um, what year was that? I guess if I was 14, it was 2007-ish. So I just started learning the language by myself. And I remember my dad, I never let him forget this. I remember my dad said, oh, you'll be into something else in a few weeks. This is just a passing phase. And I proved him wrong because I'm here now. <laughs> but um, yeah, my and mom- And fluent in Japanese. Uh, yeah, uh, enough to like have a laugh with someone at a bar, but not enough to like do a business meeting. Like I haven't nailed the business. I don't need to. No, you know no, what I mean? No. I have no real. But yeah, if I go to like a restaurant or a bar and we meet some people, I can chat to them all night and it's no problem. Fantastic. Um, it's, my reading is not quite good. It seems like a very difficult language to learn. The, the reading is. 
for sure. Like they have the Chinese characters and they also have、mm. the two of their own alphabets. But speaking, the grammar is quite simple. Like the pattern's always the same, and they have no words for like ah,、uh, ah or the. Right. Um, okay. So when they learn English, it's really hard for them. They're like, "Why do you have these words?" And it's like, "I don't know. I'm sorry." <laughs> you know, <laughs> from my teaching days, you find out what they struggle with. But it's a lovely. I mean, I love learning. I've loved learning Japanese since I was 14. I had a real passion for it. Of course, when you have a passion for something, it's、uh, easier, right? You find yeah, it more fun. Yeah, of course. Of course. So when did you did you, when did you visit Japan after that? So after oh, when did you first visit Japan? So I really liked Japan from being from a young age, but、um, my family didn't really have any money. So I always said to my parents, "Like, can we please go to Japan?" And you know, they checked the flights and were like, "No, sorry," <laughs> you know. And then my grandma always promised she'd take me, but she had her own stuff going on. So I always thought, like, okay, I'm gonna go when I'm old enough. So first year at university,、um, someone was,、uh, you know, the what do you call it, the welcome week.、Mm-hmm. Someone had、week. a freshers' week. That's it, and they had. The bunch of stalls up, right? Like pizza and banks, and one guy was there. He's a big guy. I wish I remembered his name. He's like six foot two, and he was like really big. And he was like, "Do you want a Santander account?" And I was like, "Okay."、Um, so <laughs> they did like an interest-free overdraft. So as soon as I got that, I bought a passport, and then I said, "I've got two thousand pounds." Like I know, I, had, I knew I had to pay it back. I knew that everyone was like, "You have to pay it back." I was like, "I know," but it was like an interest-free two thousand pounds that I could borrow、mm. for three years. So I thought,、yeah. hmm, you know. So I called my mum and I said, "Mum, I'm going to Japan." And she said, "I know your second year's study abroad, right?" I went, "No, no, I'm going next week." And she went, "Oh, have fun." <laughs> so fortunately, I had pen pals. So since I had been 14 and like、uh, studying and stuff, I'd use websites to like connect with like girls my age to like send each other letters and sweets and stuff.、Oh, so、nice. I just contacted them and said, "Hey, I'm coming to Japan. Can we meet up?" So I wasn't on my own. At right. all, but、so、that was the first、go. time I went for ten days, and then I was at the airport at the end, like crying because I didn't want to go home. Oh wow!、Uh, <laughs> so, and the next time was the study abroad year. So was it was it everything that you imagined when you went that first visit? I mean, I was really starry eyed, right? Because it's my first time there, and of course,、mm. I had friends showing me like the best parts too.、Um, so I really enjoyed it.、Um, I think I, I guess I would have forgotten all the bad bits now.、Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like by now,、yeah. I only remembered the good parts. But、um, I mean, I know I did. Tr- I did struggle a bit with the trains at first, and、uh, of course, I had to kind of scramble to find Wi-Fi as well. But、mm. I didn't. I was quite lucky. I didn't go through any bad experiences that first ten days I visited. And it was January, so all the sightseeing spots were totally empty as well. Right. Okay. What was the weather <laughs>、so、like? Visited- It was cold and bright, so it's a really nice time to visit. To be honest, because skies are just blue. Fantastic. We don't get that here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.、Um, it was really hot there, like two weeks ago, right? Yeah, we did have a good couple. We did have a good week. We did have a good week. When did you make the decision to actually move to Japan? Um, I made that decision a few times actually. Like study abroad was great, and then I went home. And then I lived in America for a short while. And then the person I was with was American. And then we couldn't. I couldn't work in America unless I was married, right? So we、mm-hmm. decided to go back to Japan together,、uh, so we could both work. And then while we were there, we broke up. <laughs> then I stayed. Right. Okay.、Um, that was let's see, two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Okay.、Uh, 
And then my dad got sick, so I went home. And then I missed Japan so much that when my dad was okay, I came back. You came back. And then I've been here since then. Fantastic. So tell mm-hmm. tell our, our our watchers, our subscribers, and our viewers, tell them a little bit about um, what they could expect from Japan and a few bits about the the safety aspects and what to be aware of. Okay. So first of all, when you come here, you're always a foreigner. So like, they're always like, "Where are you from?" Or you know, don't be offended by it. Like you're not like an outsider. That you're just they're just like, oh, a non a non Japanese person. Like oh. Can I speak English to you? Like sometimes, if you're not from an English-speaking country, I know a few people who've like complained, like, "Oh, I'm Polish," and people assume I'm American. Like, you'll get that a lot. Are you from America? Right. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't don't worry about it. They're not being horrible. They're just kind of interested in you because you're a foreigner. Yeah. Would you um, say friendly? Friendly people. Mm, it depends on the setting. Like. Don't try and chat to someone on the subway in Tokyo, right? And, Same uh, rules as London. Exactly. Any big city is going to have mm. unfriendly, like less friendly people, right? So, but um, like I said, it really depends. Like if I go to a bar here, around here in Enoshima, like they're really nice people. But living in Tokyo for like two and a half years, like I didn't meet hardly anyone, hardly any like new people. Yeah, so, it's that big city, but everyone's anonymous type of thing, isn't it? Mm, exactly um try to keep your noise down in general when you're out and about like people don't like to hear lots of people shouting in a different language <laughs> like especially on the train like keep it down um there was a few a few weeks ago i saw like a group of i'm not sure where they were from i think maybe the states and they were just they were drunk and they were noisy and i was like so embarrassed for them mm. <laughs> you know so don't i'm not saying you have to be silent all the time but just be aware of your noise level yeah, um, is that something that goes back to fine. culture? Is that something that goes back to like the culture and and the history of the country? Is do you think they're just you know they're 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 more quiet quieter people, or the culture sort of suggests that kind of little bit more serenity? Yeah, it it boils more down to disturbing other people. Like, try not to disturb other people's peace. It's mm. not really a volume thing. It's more like okay, if you're going to be noisy you're annoying everyone around you and that's rude kind of thing. So it's very, um, where in the West we're more individual, right? But mm. in, in Japan, it's like, think of the group dynamic. Okay, oh, that's interesting. So do you think there's, there's a politeness there that's inherent in the culture? Oh, they're very polite, yeah. Um, sometimes it's a bit too polite, like quite, kind mm. of scripted, especially in, a, uh, in like a shop or something, you know. It's like having a chat with a shopkeeper is like virtually unheard of because it's just like, you're the customer. I'm the shopkeeper. Thank you very much. Bye. Like it's, right, okay. it seems really cold at first. It can be a bit like culture shock, right? At mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Um, cause obviously in the UK we can have a chat with pretty much anybody and it's fine. If we look at the safety side of things, what would you say are the top three safety tips for people to be aware of when they, when they first visit in Japan? Um, well, pickpocketing isn't really as bad as a lot of other countries. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you go to a cafe, you can put your bag down and then go and place your order. And it's probably the best place to do it. Um, as I mentioned in the blog, like sexual harassment is kind of a problem. Like I know mm. quite a few women who've said, yeah, it's happened to me. Um, so if you're, if you're traveling in rush hour, um, rush hour time, you can actually ride on a women's train, obviously, if you're a woman. Um, but that's only available like 6 till 9 a.m. or something like that. 
Um, okay. Top three. That was one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh. I mean, we're going to touch on natural disasters in this question too. Or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, you Just should to know. Say that like... cause it's, I think it's huge because you know, it's not something that we have to deal with or, or we even consider. Certainly, yeah, exactly. I've not really considered it going to any country. Right, because it's not part of your daily life, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. Well, firstly, big earthquakes are pretty rare. Like, I've only felt like two in the five, six years that I've been here. Mm-hmm. Two big ones. And um, the buildings are obviously, like, built to withstand them. So it's very, it's, like, almost impossible that you'll be in a building and it'll collapse from an earthquake, unless you're in a 200-year-old, like building you know so Mm. don't worry about that but just know that you have to be outside you should really if you're near the sea try to find out where your nearest like uh, safety point is evacuation point they'll be on um, lamp posts even on the floor it'll say like 100 meters this way to the evacuation zone your hotel will probably have information on that too but tokyo rarely gets tsunamis that's why tokyo is built there because it's like a safe spot safe spot okay yeah. But obviously, like Fukushima, Kumamoto, Kyushu's had really bad floods the past few days from the rain. Um, mm. But don't worry about it the whole time you're there. Just know what you have to do if it does yeah, happen. So is, there, is there information that people should know that probably won't know? Or is there somewhere that they can find out? I'm sure there's lots of articles online about it. Um, but yeah, if, if there's an earthquake and you're indoors, open the door. Go outside if you can. Uh, if it's a huge one, I'm, I'm, if you feel a small one, and hmm. um, there might be an app you can download too. I'll check if you can download it on your Western phone. But if you use a Japanese phone, they're built in. If there's going to be a big earthquake, it'll give you like a warning. Okay, it's only a couple right. of seconds, but it can help prepare you. Mm, definitely, it's, uh, I think that's a, it's, it's huge. I think um, certainly something that what what springs to mind for me is is certainly about the culture which we've touched on now. Um, and then about this, the natural disasters, I think it's, it's, it's so alien to, to English travellers that I just think it, it could catch you off guard. And certainly from what you're saying about the signs, if there was some signage up that said evacuation zone, I think that might yeah. spark my interest to go, well, you know, where am I? What's going on here? What are these for? Well, it's good because it says the, how many metres above sea level you are as well. So it's like, um, so near our house, we live right next to the beach. So it says two meters hazard zone. Your nearest, you know, safety point is this way towards like a hill nearby. Um, and uh, typhoons as well. Typhoon season is September mm-hmm. um, or October. And last year, there was uh, one of the biggest typhoons to hit in record history. Wow. Uh, and at that time, we lived in a, they call it a tower mansion. So the Japanese word mansion doesn't mean our mansion. It means a skyscraper <laughs> apartment okay. building. Yeah. So we lived on the 34th floor. So wow. we were like, the views mm, were incredible. Oh, I was so lucky to have lived there. Like, it was great. Um, the view was amazing. We could see Tokyo Tower and Tokyo Skytree from the window. So, Fantastic. Um, but we could also see the river, right? So when there's this huge typhoon, we were like, okay, no problem. Just bring in the washing, you know, bring in the laundry and close the windows. And, oh, look, haha, it's raining. So, you know, we had no, you know, we just thought well, we get typhoons all the time and it's usually just a bit of wind and rain, you know. Mm. But then we were watching the river and I was like, that river's very full. Half an hour later, <laughs> that river is extremely full. Half an hour later, the river has doubled in width. Wow. <laughs> like it was, all, I took some videos. 
Um, so that happened. And then I looked down from the balcony and like all I could see was water where the roads were. Wow. So I was like, let's cook dinner now, like mm-hmm. in case the electricity goes off. Um, so we went to bed and then we woke up and the electricity was off. The water was off. We went downstairs. I think it was the night before we went downstairs and the lobby was being flooded. So everyone from the, from the apartment building we'd never met before were there with like towels and sandbags. Like it was a nice community moment, but it was quite scary because the water was like yay deep outside. <laughs> like, wow. yeah. So, um, the morning we woke up and my husband looked at me and said, right, we're going to go to my office in Shibuya, which is also an apartment. He actually like lived there for a while. So we packed up like two big backpacks of stuff and went down 34 flights of stairs oh, wow. <laughs> in the dark, yeah. in the dark. Oh, there was like a lantern man. on each floor, but it was mental. So we were there with our like phone torches, you know, trying to get down the stairs. Um, and then we were there for two weeks at his office. Wow. before they called us and said oh the electricity's back now it was wow. really quite scary yeah. because we heard you know we could hear loads of people talking one person was like oh one week one person was like one month one person was like six months we were like we had actually had no idea when we'd be able to go home so hmm. it, i mean it, we were fine you know i mean there were lots of people who had to stay there and couldn't use the toilet and stuff so we were hmm. okay but yeah um no. typhoons are no laughing matter either no, so, certainly um, not no I mean, October's a really nice time to be there. Um, it was a late season typhoon, I think. So like late October's a really nice place, a uh, really nice time to be mm. in Japan because they got the nice food and they got the events and the cool weather. But mm. like September, maybe avoid September if you come because it's typhoon season. Okay. So what, so what time of year that leads us on nicely to what time of year do you, do you recommend that people visit and what kind of um what kind of things sort of food wise or culture wise do you think people should experience so for uh, crowd wise january is a great place to visit uh, it's a great time to visit because um obviously like everyone's back at work back at school no one's got any money so if you can visit in january try to visit all the like the big sightseeing spots you know like sensoji temple in tokyo or um the big temples in kyoto uh like ginkakuji uh castle and stuff, uh, Osaka castle and stuff like that. Um, if you don't like cold weather, um, May is really nice weather-wise. Like last May was just gorgeous all, mo- all month because it it's right before the humidity hits, but it's mm. late enough to be warm. And uh, like I said, October is really nice too. Um, they have like the Nabe hot pot and stuff like that. So some really nice uh, food is available in autumn mm. as well. And you know, winter's nice. Winter has illuminations which is like, you know, light displays everywhere. They have really gorgeous themed illumination events you can go to in December. And even early January, they're still up. Summer, I can't recommend summer because I don't like summer very much. And they have loads of crazy insects and centipedes and cockroaches. And I don't know <laughs> okay. why anyone would visit in summer. <laughs> but if you love the beach, if you love Disney Sea, it's a good time to go uh, come in summer. So it really depends on what you like. Oh, also, you can only climb Mount Fuji in summer as well. Okay. Um, That's good to know. Yeah, it used to be all year round, but uh, lots of people kept dying. So they were like, guys, please, just like yeah, July the winter. to September. Yeah. Mm, yes. Anyway. Is there anything, um, anything else that you would like to tell people about Japan or tell people who are maybe a little less experienced traveling, looking to go somewhere for, for, you know, a holiday or, or for a little bit longer. 
why would they choose Dupin? <laughs> well, if you love if you love culture and history, it's a great place to go because they've preserved it so well. There's so many shrines and temples. Like they've got the big ones, the top ten, but there is honestly one on almost every street. You can find loads of hidden gems. Like we came across one just the other day, and it turned out to be um, the shogun samurai who established this area. His brother like lived there, wow. and that's just really cool. And we didn't we weren't even looking for the shrine. We just came across it. And they're always really well preserved as well. Like people really take care of them. Mm. Um, of course, safety, like Japan is so safe too. Um, you're very unlike, like if you're a solo traveler, especially, you don't have to worry about, I mean, obviously be careful. <laughs> don't don't mm. be silly, but you don't have to worry as much about being robbed or mugged or whatever. Mm. And as a and, female uh, traveler? Yeah, I mean... I, I did mention sexual harassment, but it's not a daily occurrence at all. You know, like it's a very rare thing. It could happen anywhere where you are, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, a, it's not a Japan only thing. No, no, certainly. Um, no. But yeah, like everyone I know who's been to Japan has said that they loved it. Like no one's ever said to me, oh, I've been to Japan. I didn't like it. So it's definitely a place you should visit in your lifetime if you can. Mm. And it's uh, apparently going to be a bit cheaper since uh, the tourism industries suffered a little bit this year yeah. so you might get some good deals as well who knows well, yeah definitely yeah How oh and was, if you um, come visit visit enoshima that's where i live and it's a beautiful beach area and uh i recommend it <laughs> to get a private tour <laughs> are yes, you giving yes, private tours definitely definitely <laughs> i talk about enoshima a lot on my blog as well like local restaurants and things like that so um uh, i talk about all of japan but especially this area tell so, us a little bit about your blog <laughs> well, I haven't done it for that long, but I've been writing about Japan for years. So I've been adding things. Um, it's poppyinjapan.com. So, uh, yeah, poppyinjapan.com. And yeah, I write about restaurants and temples I found and some language articles as well, if you're interested in learning a bit of Japanese before you come. Um, yeah, I actually have two blogs, one's for books. So if you like books, check out greatbookswithpoppy.com as well. <laughs> And what so, do you talk about there? Mostly book reviews. Yeah. Um, or yeah. some writing tips as well. Um, I've had that blog for a while, but I'm starting to do it a bit more full time now. So yeah, it's really Fantastic. fun, really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. So obviously now, I mean, the world's been in lockdown for, for three or four months. Um, it's been a difficult time. And, um, you know, the UK, I think, has, has coped very, very well. Um, and all credit to the people who are, you know, the decision makers. Um, but how how has it been over in Japan? How has how has lockdown been for you? Yeah, so February I think was when it all kicked off, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, like despite Japan being obviously um, having a lot of Chinese people coming, um, th there was never actually a lockdown. Like the the mayor was saying, please stay at home if you can, only go out for essential uh, reasons, but. We, it was never really enforced. So everyone started wearing, like masks sold out in, in days. Like we couldn't buy masks for several months. We had to keep like reusing. You're not supposed to, but what else can we do? You know, the trains were way less crowded, which everyone was like, oh, this is nice. You know, we can actually sit down. Um, but no, compared to like the UK, Europe, we, we got off lucky, I think. Like we managed to buy a house during the, wow oh congratulations yeah. well, thank you <laughs> well every, everyone was like you bought you bought a house during covid and my husband was like yeah it's the best time no one else is <laughs> there's no one else at the agency but um 
lots of restaurants around here closed, like the street, which is the really famous street from Enoshima Station towards the beach, was like empty and all the restaurants were closed. They're finally reopening, um, which is nice. But honestly, compared to like other countries, we, we got off lucky, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you're, you're pretty much back to normal, fully up and running now? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the only difference is more people are wearing masks and um, they're very strict. Like I went, I was in the hospital the other week, um, not for anything bad, but um, they were like, okay, gargle, wash your hands, wash your hands again. Like they were, they're very strict, which is good. Mm. It's good, mm. great. Every shop has hand sanitizer near the doors. They're very yeah. uh, thorough. Obviously they're seeing what's happening overseas and we have a high um, aging population too. So mm. we especially have to uh, be careful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the same here now. It's uh, two two to three people in a shop, on, in small shops, one to two people. And then they've got the hand oh, sanitizer really? out. They've got the two meters or, or whatever the distance is now marked. So it's, it's, it is, I, I like what you say about it's, it's a nicer experience. Cause I think for, for us here, people do give you a little bit more respect in your space and your personal space. Mm-hmm. And then going in around the shops that they are far less crowded. It is a far nicer shopping experience now when you haven't got people <laughs> running about and, you know, in your space all the time. So I hope you've got to find the, the silver lining. You've got to yeah, find the silver course, lining. Right? You know, you've got to have <laughs> the good bits and the roads have been quiet. You know, you can see now everything's starting to get busy and everything's getting back to normal, which is great because there's a lot of energy coming back into the cities and all that kind of thing, which is fantastic. But yeah, I hope we do preserve some of the, that kind of, you know, love we've got for people again. And that kind of yeah, caring yeah, nature, bigger you know. sense of communities <laughs> sort of sprung out, which is, is lovely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some, some good things will some come great. from this. I hope so. I hope so. Mm. But yeah, we get back into travel again and then people can start yes, traveling and seeing you know, the world. My father and my grandmother were supposed to be coming in May and they couldn't come. So we were disappointed about that. Mm, no, definitely. Well, how do you keep in touch with people? Or how regularly oh. do you keep in touch with people when you're, when you're living over there? Oh, I mean, you know, we have social media. We message a lot. We sometimes voice chat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, have you had your I friends mean, and family come out to visit since you've been living there? Yeah, my mum's come over twice. My brothers came l- the beginning of last year. That was a laugh. That was a laugh. That was great. Fantastic. I, I can't wait to have them back. <laughs> it was so much fun having them here because it was both of their first time as well. So it was a totally new experience wow. for them. And they, do they my, see? Yeah. Sorry, do okay. they do they see where why you like it? Do they do they share that love for the country? I think the younger brother who came, Callum, he was like, "Oh, I really enjoy being here." I was like, "Yeah, right. Like, you can't explain it. You just like being here." So he can't wait to get back. Yeah. Um, when he can, of course. E- even my mum was like, "Right, as soon as lockdown's over, I'm booking a ticket. I don't care." <laughs> I was Fantastic. like, "Do it, do it, do it." <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully, really? my dad and my grandma can make it over as well. And do they, how do they feel about the decision? Because when I was, went traveling, I disappeared for a couple of years and then I was living in France for a while. So, and it was always difficult on the family. But and how were they with your decision to move there full time? I remember thinking, they're not bothered at all. <laughs> like, like they were very, really super supportive. Like if they had doubts, they didn't tell me. I think especially maybe because it was Japan as well and they knew it was quite safe and they knew how badly I'd wanted to go for such a long time. Hmm. They were very proud, like especially my mum. She was like, oh, I'm so happy yeah, you could finally go. You've wanted to. I'm sorry I couldn't take you kind of thing. So hmm. if they've had qualms, they haven't mentioned them, which at first I was like, 
okay but uh, it's a good thing of course it's a good thing yeah so. definitely definitely so you've got a you've got a lot going on you've got a you've got a busy life now you're busy on your websites with your blogs and your your work and your um how where do you feel's next for you travel wise where do because you're you'll be in a, you're quite an experienced traveler now you've lived in different countries you've you've you know where where's next on your list that you would like to go well, we're quite settled here, but I'd love to visit New Zealand at some point. Mm. Um, my husband lived there for a few years um, before he met me, and that's where I learned most of his English. And he always says it, how lovely it is. So I'd love to go there. Of course, it's mm. the home of Lord of the Rings too, right? So, And I have a cousin there as well, <laughs> like a second cousin. So oh, well, why not? I'd love to go there. Yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic country. When you're traveling, when you're, you know, when you're living, is there any mantras that you'd live by for travel or for, for safety? Is there anything that that you think, oh yeah, I always, I always do this, or I always make sure that I've checked that before I go? Oh, I get really paranoid about like my passport. Like I always need it in sight. Um, of course, if I'm in a hotel, I'll leave it in the hotel, in the safe. Mm. But um, from the moment I leave my house to the moment I step on the plane, I'm like, passport, 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, whether I'm alone or not. Mm. Um, but of course, yeah, I mean, I always try to exercise common sense. Like I'll do... I won't do anything I wouldn't do at home in my yeah. home country. I um, think that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like if I'm on my own, I won't like drink too much or, you know, go somewhere I haven't, I don't know is safe, hmm. uh, which is very important. It can be easy to kind of get carried away, especially if you're with friends when you're on holiday, right? Like um, hmm. most of the problems I mentioned in the blog post was people just drinking too much, especially in the Kabukicho hmm. area in Shinjuku just getting silly and uh and that can happen anywhere right just because you're on holiday doesn't mean you're safe so. yeah yeah of course is that tourist would you say that the the japanese are, are a big drinking culture or they they like to get drunk or yes, yes <laughs> they love it definitely there's a whole uh instagram uh dedicated to like passed out businessmen <laughs> but um they don't i mean there's exceptions everywhere right but um whereas if in the uk if there's five drunken guys they're probably gonna fight at some point right maybe um maybe but uh in japan it's more like the boss there's a weird drinking culture in business like if the boss gives you a drink you have to drink it like you can't say no no i've had enough okay. so there's a lot of like 20 year old men like 20 is the drinking age and they're right. really good about not drinking underage here as well so he's totally inexperienced and he's just like on the street yeah. somewhere you know and, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, like it's a good, it's a big social thing as well. Like, mm. oh, let's have a drink, like kampai, you know, like that's how you get to know someone. And people, because it's, they're quite a shy naturally as well, they'll loosen up with alcohol too. Like I've had some of the best conversations with people when we've had some drinks. Um, mm. They really open up and get super friendly, which is great. <laughs> so yeah, yes, yeah. it's a big drinking culture, but not in such a negative way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's something that I think from an outsider's point of view, you'd look at it and you'd go, oh, well, no, probably not. You know, when you when you look at Japan as a whole, you'd probably think, oh, no, they're, they're probably... Oh, that they're uh, very mild. And, no, yeah, no, the men can, the the men men can, can drink. The men can put it Amazing. away. <laughs> but if you're strong with alcohol, you, you can make some friends be like, oh, you know, I can, I can handle my alcohol. Because a lot of them are quite um, lightweight. Even if they drink a lot, they're still quite... Compared to Westerners, they're quite lightweight. So mm. they'll be like, oh, wow you can drink all that sake and you feel fine. Like, uh, so you feel like showing off while you're there. I mean, drink responsibly, but <laughs> you can make some friends uh, oh, if, you, yeah. if you love sake anyway. 
<laughs> do you like sake? Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. I'll usually drink. They have a, a liqueur. A liqueur? It's kind of a liqueur called uh, shochu, and I'll have that with um, juice or cola or uh, ginger ale or something. That's what I usually drink. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I like sake. You can have it cold or hot. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just have flashbacks to like university sake shots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the good old days. Not recommended. Don't drink. Don't mix your drinks. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, very true. Okay, then, Poppy. So, thank you. In in summary, thank you ever so much for chatting to us today. Thank um, you too. I had a great time. Yeah, it's been lovely to catch up, and thank you. Very insightful stuff about Japan. No problem. If you enjoyed the podcast, then uh, please uh, follow my blog. It's poppyinjapan.com. And uh, my Instagram is Poppy in Japan official. And my Twitter is also Poppy in Japan. Um, I post Instagram photos like every day. So if you love pictures of Japan and pretty dresses, then give us a follow. <laughs> and uh, I, I post new blog posts every Monday and Friday. Fantastic. Now, I will be sharing the Mont Caroline's Rainbow Foundation's um, social oh, thank media you. as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I no, appreciate it. <laughs> no, thank you. It's, it's great. I mean, we're, we're just trying to get advice out to people and information. So yeah, I hope information. my information was uh, useful. Yeah, certainly. Guys. Well, it's unique in the sense that, you know, you live there, you're, you're immersed into it, you've been there a long time, and it's, it's information that you don't normally get. You know, it's, it's mm. the things that you know aren't necessarily in the guidebooks, which is, is what we're trying to get to, really. Right, yes, yeah. um, absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you ever so much, Poppy, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of our Safer Travel Talk podcast series. If you enjoyed and you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you'd like to know more or get involved in the series, visit carolinesrainbowfoundation.org forward slash podcasts and follow us on social media to keep up to date. Thank you to Richard Suttle for hosting the podcast and Chris Healy for producing.